Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, a podcast, as you all know by now, talks about a whole lot of things to do with golf and uh, how we've enjoyed over many years trying to track down and play the courses the pros have played. But just at the moment, there are so many other things going on in golf. We've slightly sidetracked uh, away from our normal sort of golfing uh, exploits and are starting to consider the wider world of golf and everything that's going on there. So we're welcoming you this evening from our most dilapidated and crumbling old studio here. It's soon to be demolished, the Greg Norman suite. You know, it used to be a good suite, but it's caused us a few problems and it's no longer really fit for purpose. So we uh, we proposed a, a revamp, but... To be honest, we just decided to just tear it down and, and move into the more reliable Jay Monaghan suite, oh. um, where everything is well designed and works really efficiently. Have you spoken to your lawyers, Martin, for this pod? <laughs> I've I talk to our lawyers constantly. That's mainly about you, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know. But anyway, as you may have noticed, joining me tonight is my longtime golfing buddy and podcast partner, Des, who is looking. What I could only just say is well prepared this evening. Ah, oh, good evening, Thor. Yes, I'm always well prepared. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's a bit like the listeners wouldn't have known by now that you are probably the heart and soul of this podcast. Oh yeah. But <laughs> but I would have to say, Des. Also here tonight is our newest team member, somebody that showed A an interest in the podcast and has what? surprisingly, surprisingly caused a little bit of a stir. With our lady listeners. Oh, not him again. Mm -hmm. I know. Welcome back, young Mike. It's a pleasure to be back, gents. Hi, Mike. Oh. <laughs> do you see do you see the way he's working on that voice? I know. I, I, I'm convinced I that know. voice. You know, you almost you almost get the sense that at some point he's going to say, Hello, ladies. <laughs> or, or something along those lines. There's like you a Aussie twang in there, like a, like a, like a Greggy Norman sort of <laughs> twang, I'm feeling. I was thinking earlier today that in reality, we're always told as we go through life that women like experience. Mm. And between us, Des, this year, we'll have about 124 years of that experience. Yes, yes. So maybe that's why young Mike is, is you know, achieving it. Yeah. A fan base all his own. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, acceptable, acceptable. And playing you know. up to the moniker as well, so that the listeners can't see, is that I'm wearing a golf hoodie. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> Actually, there is no such thing as a golf hoodie. It's just a hoodie. It's a Justin <laughs> Thomas hoodie. You know, there... Oh, well, oh, oh, it is. Oh. It, well, no, it's not anymore. A Justin Thomas hoodie, as we can see from the uh, logo on it. Yeah. Actually, I'm delighted to say that uh, tonight... We have some sponsorship for this episode. Oh. This is a novelty for us. Oh. Um, we have some sponsorship from KPMG, oh. <laughs> Workday, Amstel Light, 
because apparently they all had a bit of spare capacity in their budgets. Yes, well, I've heard. And they came in. Now, having said that, I do have to say, uh, Callaway have taken a pause to consider yeah, my request. I like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm That's very optimistic. That's a nice optimist. way of putting it, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I'm Callaway very... are taking a pause from Phil. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm optimistic that they might join the Itfog family at some point, but uh, up until know. then. Okay, let's let's just get off and, and chatting generally about what's going on in golf. And let's put a shout out right at the start to Miguel Hangel Jimenez, mm, who's just won for the second time of the three events that have been played so far on the Champions Tour this year. Two have gone to Miguel Hangel Jimenez, mm-hmm. and the other one has gone to... Uh, oh, Mike, gentlemen, Mike. gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Uh, oh, it's not Bernhard no, Langer. It is. Is it? Oh, okay. Ber- <laughs> Bernhard Langer. Yeah, as in, do you know what? Do you do not do any research? No, do you know, uh, to that, this? I have to say this. that sort of older league. Um, oh. I, 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 <laughs> but the position to go to if you you can't think of who's won, Bernard Langer pretty win, pretty yes. much wins every yes. week. So yes. it was well, a decent enough he guess. He won the Charles Schwab Cup last year, which is the overall year. It's the equivalent of the FedEx Cup. Uh-huh. And he is 67 years old and yeah. still occasionally shooting better than his age yeah. on proper courses. It's uh, unreal. That's you know, mm-hmm. I I think everybody's uh, ambition. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure we can shoot better than our age when we start the nine hole. Oh, maybe, um, maybe. <laughs> the, the nine hole courses does. But uh, yeah. anyway, okay. So that's and by the way, to win this weekend, he had two holes in one during that's the right. tournament. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah, he, but he was quite quiet about it. He wasn't really. Well, that's what I like <laughs> most about him. Is, <laughs> I like about know, I, I, Angle, he is. I always remember when at one of the Ryder Cups when it was getting a little bit sparky and he was seen walking over towards some of the American players. One of the commentators go, oh, there's the enforcer coming. You know, <laughs> he does have a certain walk that yeah, you know, if he was yes. slightly irritated. But uh, uh, Well, here, the other thing is, what about Sheehan? That was a wee bit unfortunate. Great viewing, I have to say. Well, now, you see, that was going to be one of my next questions to Ah, you both. Is the Honda good viewing? Well, Mm. over to you, Mike. Go on. Possibly on the basis that we have uh, the bear trap uh, to contend with on, on the way in. Outside of that, and aside from the fact that we had one of our own um, up and, and contending, yeah, I wasn't really that mm-hmm. enthralled with it. Um, but again, it's one of those things, you, you, you think you'll always remember those few finishing holes, especially that 15th, the part three, yeah. it's a great hole, you know. Well, is it? Oh, I do, I think that's a great hole. Again, mm. there's a lot of commentary on that they, the players generally don't like the golf course. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that, yeah. And and that, that's always an interesting thing is because I was going to uh, come around and say, well, look, we watched Riviera last week and I'm going to come back to Riviera. Yeah. But watching that last night, there were over 250 golf balls in the water this week mm. at a pro tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that shows something's not, and it wasn't wildly windy. Yeah, no, and no. it is just extraordinarily difficult. And a lot of people apparently Jack keeps tinkering with the course, and yes. they still haven't quite got it sussed. Yeah. So, I mean, when I, you you watch yeah. the bear trap, I I understand that it's a trap. Yeah, mm. and I get all of that. But watching it, was I actually watching it and going, "This is really compulsive viewing"? Because yeah. apart from Shane Laurie and Daniel Berger, and Chris Kirk, who apparently, if he could have putted at all last night, yeah. would have would have actually done some damage. Yeah. He had a lot of James Joyce's. But 
the, uh, uh, oh, here we go. Well, I like the one thing. Sorry, I, listeners. <laughs> I was just reading, actually, Shane uh, said he felt that he had the tournament stolen from him, uh, uh, mainly because when he, he really landed up on the 18th tee and that downpour hit him. I you referred know, to it here in my notes as a monsoon. Yes, it yeah. was. But then I always thought, like, Shane, you know, Shane, Irishman, winter conditions. And, and, and I mean, I, I think you give him credit. He started that, mm-hmm. he was five shots behind, I think, starting yeah. that, that final round. Daniel Barger. Yeah. Daniel Barger. Barger? Barger? <laughs> Who's Daniel Any relation Barger? to Barger? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daniel Barger had a yes. five-shot lead right at the start yep. and blew it within four holes. Yeah. Now, Shane had a couple of birdies. That was fine. Mm-hmm. But Daniel was really struggling. And then he got himself together. Mm-hmm. But did Shane lose that because of the rain on 18? Is that what we're actually going to say? I, I, you know, I don't think we can credibly say that, given what how he came out of the blocks with his first win at um, was it Baltray. Yes, it in the was. Irish Open, yes, which was right. absolutely hammering it down. And the Open at Portrush. And the Open at Portrush. <laughs> so I just don't know. And to be fair, actually, the uh, the, the chap here ended up going on to win Sep Sipa Straka. Straka. Um, he, was in, he was contending with a pretty heavy downfall coming down 18 as well. He wasn't hit he? a magnificent shot. Yeah, he did. To, yes, uh, yes. Green. As did Kitayama, by the he way, did, who yeah. was really stalling like crazy, obviously uh-huh. not wanting to. To hit the shot, and they were sort of going, Really? It's raining very hard. Do I actually have to <laughs> you play? You're technically yeah. breaking the rules. <laughs> you are now breaking the rules because you have to play, and unless it's cold, you can't just stand there and wait until the rain ends. Totally. Especially since they said this is going to be around for about half an hour to 40 minutes. And I'm going, it's going to be It was nice watching it come in, actually. Yeah. The actually, there were a couple scary. of immense photographs yes, of, yes, of seeing yes. it come in. Uh huh. And well, I, I think the only good thing is that that's Shane's looking good. Shane played so well, and, and yeah. he's looking good for the uh, you know the Masters coming up now. You know, so uh, I, I think exactly. Shane should take a, a positive out of that. Yeah. The bear trap, you know, Jack's Jack's position on it is very much that his feeling is it should be won and lost um, the tournament. There, um, I think the the thing for me is you know looking at fifteen and seventeen in particular. You've got water short, you've got water right, you've got bunker long, so and it's all carry. So you, you have to put it on the green, and if you don't, you're in the back bunker. And did you see uh, Lee Hodges taking the putter right? Yeah, and then right. putted it off the green. And putted it off the green <laughs> yes. from the bunker. So I think I think the thing for me is that the, that stretch of holes... And an interesting aspect of it as well is, is that they're not the three hardest holes on the course. Um, six played um, the tenth hardest, uh, or has played the tenth hardest on the PGA Tour. Well, um, yeah, yep. And ten, I think it's ten, eleven, twelve. Um, also played harder than than the Bear Trap. So I think it's more that it's visually, yeah. Well, I think fifteen is brutally that's, intimidating. That's scary. Yeah. The other yeah. one's a lot shorter. And yeah. I mean, again, we've played a lot of shorter water holes, but when you're actually hitting yeah. as they were, I think, what is it, 230? I think two, they, were, they were well over 200, aren't they? Yes. Yes. They were yes. hitting five uh-huh. and six irons. Yes. You know, I'd have to choke down, obviously, on a six <laughs> iron. But, <laughs> that's not yeah. true, listeners, by the way. But And everything slides away to the right. So if, it, if you're... Mm-hmm. But the, the wind was coming in off the right. Yeah, yeah so it was helping them. And these are pros... But that's what, when I began to realise as the names rolled through and we'd watched it across the way, it was not the strongest field. No. No, no, it wasn't. It was soft, yeah. And there there was a great question from Nick Doherty uh, to Rich Beam at the Skycart. And it was, 
are we getting this right? Is the PGA Tour getting this right? 150th in the in the world is able to tee it up in this particular tournament and play for $8 million. Yeah, is right. that right? And uh, Rich Beam just eyeballed him and went, when I got my chance, I was 152nd in the world. <laughs> and two weeks later, I won the US PGA. Yes. So yes, it is absolutely <laughs> right that these guys get their day, get their yeah. opportunity, yeah. get the chance to come. I mean, up until yesterday, I'll be blunt. Had I ever heard of Seba Straka? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah. on my radar at all. No. He was very calm coming down the stretch. He hit some great golf shots. Apparently, he went to college with his brother. And his, Pepperdine, is no. it twin? I don't know no. that it was Pepperdine. Oh, okay, but, okay. But I'm not sure that they're <laughs> twins, but his his brother was the recruited player, and he sort of kind of was brought along as the spare. Really? And then he absolutely blitzed his brother right through college. Yeah. And his his stats were way, way better. Okay. And that is literally as much as I know about him, yeah. other yeah, than he yeah. won a PGA Tour event There's last night. There's a lot of good new names coming up on, uh, on, on, on Americans, you know. And that will lead into something we discuss a little bit later, which okay. is the strength and depth around these tournaments. Yes. That even when the biggest of the big names don't play, the quality out there is insanely good. Yeah. But I didn't think it was stolen from Shane. I still think Straka went and won it. Yes, no. But I don't think, as one of our other golfing mates, uh, Des, last night in our WhatsApp group, was basically saying, yeah, I think it, I think Shane yeah. blew it. And I, I'm the complete opposite. No, I, I think didn't, didn't Seb Straka went and won, won it. it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and I yes. think Shane coped with the situation he yep. had to cope with going up. I mean, he was bogey-free. Yeah, yeah. And it was very yeah. unfortunate with the conditions that hit him on, on the final hole and that, when he probably needed... Just a wee bit of help with the weather, but... But, but what's runner-up slot worth there yesterday? Oh, $650,000? Yeah, yeah. $700,000? He, he hasn't... He's okay. He's all right. He, he'll yeah. scramble by. Totally. Give give Shane Laurie a wedge from 150 yards um, and in, and typically he's going to stuff that within sort of you know, 15, 12, 15 feet. And he pulled it. It was awful. It, he had a... It yep. must have been a 30, 35 foot putt. Um, to try and uh, tie um, yep. Strack and get in. It wasn't his best shot, but I mean, no. I can I can also say that from 150 yards out, if you give me a wedge, I'll stuff it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's basically where my yeah. sentence will end on that particular point. But uh, the point you're making, absolutely, he did not hit his best wedge shot. But I think by then he was a bit rattled. Yeah. Well, here, Martin, just want to be want to be talking tidbits. Did you hear about your girlfriend Danielle Kang? She, she's been pulled up and she's under a lot of flack now for slow play. Oh, really? Uh-huh. There was actually, there was somebody put up on Twitter that she had an eight-foot putt, which she took about two, over two minutes for. Well, Daniel Berger yeah. was taking up to four yes. minutes to putt last yes, night. That was, was insanely long. But uh, she's come under a lot of flack now. There was somebody put up on Twitter and put in uh, the last half mile for an Olympian and, and he beat her. <laughs> no way. To her putt, her eight foot putt. Yeah. Uh, so she's got a lot of flag for it. But I thought it was interesting. And that's the reason I was bringing it up. There was a lot of uh, talk about they don't really have slow play um, penalties in the ladies' game. Yeah. And this is a game which was going to talk. I thought there was a lot of slow play at that uh, tournament in Florida. Well, did, did you see the bloke that was playing with Brooks Kepka the other day? I thought that was, I thought the Twitter feed was on a loop. Yes. It, it wasn't that guy must have waggled it twenty times. Easy. I mean, do you remember when Sergio had a, a case of the waggles yeah, yes, and couldn't yes. get to play? This guy took forever, and then I think Bruce Kep, 
Kepka was playing Bruce Kepka. I'm having a great night. <laughs> Must get new teeth. <laughs> Brooks Kepka was was playing with this guy, and the minute the guy hit the ball, Brooks swung and hit his shot. I mean, it literally was like two uh-huh. seconds after the other boy's ball w- yeah. went in the air. I don't even think he, the other boy's ball had landed. Was he making a point? Do you think? I think he maybe <laughs> was. Yeah, Br- uh, Bruce. Bruce is Bruce Kepka. Bruce Kepka. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. There's an edit <laughs> button. There's an edit function. <laughs> Bruce Kepka isn't behind the door. No, 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 no. 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 He's subtle boy. Um, but uh, actually, that that takes me then to linking in, which is how do you rate? Riviera the week before, which had the world's pretty much top 10 all playing. Yeah. And the Honda the following week. And actually, I watched a fair bit of Riviera, but it goes very late. Yeah. You know, because it's on the West Coast. At least we're on the East Coast now. and You can see the end of the Gulf without mortgaging Monday. Um, But, uh, you know, Riviera, again, the pros Love that golf course. Yeah. Yes. They all rave about it. I got, don't find it a particularly well, interesting televisual. Is there a bit no. of Tiger's influence there? It's, it's, it's one of Tiger's foundations. You know, yeah. he's behind it. Um, and he, you know, I, is that the involvement? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just throwing I think that it's out like there. The, the history of Riviera and the sort of, the, the, the sort of the celebrity side of things yeah, and, yeah, and the nostalgia yeah. and all that point of view. I think I think that that for me and also obviously, you know, Jack and Tiger have never won at Riviera. Yeah, right. Um but looking at back, you know, Humphrey Bogart, Dean Martin, yes. you know, all all of the the old classics and there's a lot of history around there it. Is, and obviously it being called Hogan's Alley uh-huh. um for, for obvious reasons. And, Ho- and Humphrey Bogart's tree and uh, Exactly. But I think it's also it's it's the West Coast. Yeah. Which I think generally they do like the West Coast, uh California, you know. I think there's a lot lot a lot of other factors involved there. Was the tournament stymied something by Joachim Neiman's First two days where he actually blew the field apart. 63, uh-huh. 63. Yeah. 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 Like that is insane. And I, I can't remember who it was, what uh, pro came out and said, I, I genuinely don't think if I went out and played, uh, you know, four rounds of golf or, or whatever it was and shot a winning score of 19 under, if, if I was given the opportunity to go out and, and place my ball um, and play, is it Texas Scramble where you can? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't think all four balls that I would be able to. To, to match that, yeah. it's just a phenomenal score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although in the end, he really won it by what was it one or two, two? shots? Two because shots. Colin yeah. Morikawa was yeah. seventeen under, That's and right. in fairness, Colin Morikawa came a putt in. on eighteen. Yeah, and uh-huh. he, he had a great, he had a great um, final round to sort of post a low one. And uh, Joaquin uh, Neiman just he got it done because he yeah. shot even par. Yeah. yeah, That's right. Well, I mean, by then he was so far ahead, he just needed to to not do what Daniel Berger did last night, um, which yeah. is uh, take take your lead in and just completely blow it away. Because I had to check my arithmetic with Martin. I sent him a message. And I was just like, "So, am I just, am I getting this right? This is a four shot swing in the space of the the first four holes." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it was definitely um, you know a lot was happening. Yeah. Um. But actually, you know, Riviera was kind of overshadowed by everything else that was going on. Yeah. Was that, Martin? Well, there is some stuff is going there? on. There is, there is. Any of our listeners who have stuck with us um, over recent months know that this is fascinating. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. Yeah. what is happening. Yeah. So, again, I came up with a title of tonight's episode. I've toyed with a few things. <laughs> but tonight's is 
two men and a robust shark net. So in other words, shark nets are designed (laughs) to keep sharks away from the swimmers. Yes. And, you know, if you have a shark net that doesn't work, it means the sharks get inside the net and they start nibbling on the swimmers. So we have the PGA Tour has thrown a pretty robust shark net out there. Yeah. But actually outside of the net, harpooning sharks for fun (laughs) is Mr. Mickelson. Yes. And the captain of the boat steering them into the right place is a guy called Alan Shipnuck, whose book is coming out shortly. And apparently (laughs) Phil decided that it would be a great idea to tell Alan exactly what he was thinking (laughs) several months ago. On the record. Uh, Yes. Well, that's debatable only from Phil's point of yeah. view. Nobody else yeah. seems to doubt that. I think, I mean, there's one thing, and Mike, thanks for sending me that uh, uh, on, uh, but I think I would strongly recommend that every listener listens to that podcast, that... Uh, the Fire Pit Collection. Fire Pit, yeah, yeah. with Matt Janella and his uh, interview with Alan Shipnuck, who's doing the unofficial the autobiography of Phil. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. hour, absolute listening uh, about Phil. And like this guy, Alan, has been following Phil for the last 30 years nearly. But unbelievable. Uh, from all the TRAP that has been going on with Phil in the last sort of 10 days, listen to, listen to that podcast yeah. and, and you'll get maybe a slightly different. Well, uh, let's just start and, and not jump ahead just yet. Let's just start with what on earth Phil Mickelson thought he was doing when he says, those people are scary mofos. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't like where the money comes from. I know they murder journalists. I know they actually kill gay people. But hey, the money's good to help me leverage the PGA Tour. So, like that, that's the, th- the thing. The thing for me is exactly exactly that, Martin. You know, irrespective of the fact that they're, they're scary people, irrespective of the fact that um, they kill gay people, irrespective of the fact that they butcher um, uh, journalists from their own country who, who um, don't report the way they want them to, put all that to aside, it's, it's, a, it's a suitable vehicle for me to sort of untangle the PGA Tour, who he has said is manipulative, Coercive um, and strong, and have strong arm tactics against bullying. the players. Bullying, don't forget. Bullying, yes. yeah. And you're going. This guy is completely and utterly unhinged uh, in terms of of reality. And and in fairness, Eamon Lynch doesn't hold back in common decency. Um, <laughs> well, morality, common decency, and you know, Phil. This is the point Alan Shipnock makes that Phil is determined to show he's the cleverest person in the world. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And that, mean, that is going to come his back to haunt original, him. His uh, original, he, he, I mean, he said that his actions have always been with the best interests of golf, his peers, his sponsors, and his fans. Uh, did he hit that? No. Taking taking a, a side what, what Phil had said um, in terms of, you know, finding some like, atonement in the statement, um, mm-hmm. it was just decidedly not there. Well, I mean, we've drifted on to Phil's apology, which uh, most people are struggling to find an apology in the apology. You know, he's taking time away now to work on becoming the man I want to be. Yes. Okay. Now, that's code for I've screwed up and need time to hide. Yeah. Or has he been suspended? 
Well, you see, this is the thing is, I do think the tour would come out and say, we've suspended, because, or Phil would say, I've been suspended, because that would play into what he wanted to do to try and recover some ground. But here's the other uh, side of it as well is, where is his standing now with fellow professionals within the PGA Tour? Because now what you've had is an open contest Mm -hmm. to see who can pledge loyalty louder. Yeah, to the PGA Tour. But the other thing on that line, and again, this is one of the things that Alan Shipnick brought up, is that what has Phil actually achieved by what he's what he's done and said in the last couple of months? Well, he's and claiming he's, he's achieved he's achieved well, stacks. Alan Shipnick would even say that he's he's achieved more purse money. Uh, there's more pip money, and uh, there's more FedEx money. Uh, that's exactly what Phil wanted. Mm. But it's and money. That's what Phil yeah. said he was it's doing. It's all yeah. money. Yeah. But it's, it's just but money. He, but he's achieved it for other players. Yeah. Well, but, he has, but that wasn't his goal because there's a whole lot more coming out about uh, various other things. There is a big theory that not only... There are two books coming out about Phil, and one of the, th- the concerns is that the what has been released so far is only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah. That there's other stuff... And I mean, there is a um, a gambling case that mm-hmm. uh, was sorted uh, not that long ago, um, where Phil uh, owed a Las Vegas better one point nine million dollars, uh-huh. and the tour was getting very concerned. Yes, around the fact of this, but the question is. That's not the only gambling debt. No, no, no. There's there's other stuff going on somewhere. And yeah, I mean, again, yeah. you start getting to the point where you realise that Phil needs money. Yeah. And anything that he argued for other players or yeah. anything else was yeah. all predicated on him being able to get more. Yeah. But here's the other interesting point, and we did crack a little bit of a gag earlier tonight about KPMG, Workday, Amstel Light... And effectively Callaway. Yeah. yeah. All his sponsors, yeah. Have stepped away. Now, I was listening to a couple of other uh, discussions on this subject, and people are saying simple things like, Phil was earning between 3 and $5 million a year on the course. On the course, yeah. yeah. And 40 to $50 million a year off the course. Yeah. Okay. Through sponsorship, yeah. corporates, various other things he was doing, all the rest of it. That was matches his- with Tiger? Everything that he was doing. They said, where in any of the thinking that Phil had, and we're going to come to other players before we're finished here, because Phil is out there a little bit on an island at the moment. But every player and everybody involved in the SGL seems to have thought that the sponsors will just go with them. I'm sponsored by KPMG. They will come with me. I'm sponsored by work. They will come Mm. with me. And that is patently not the situation, especially if you decide to act in a completely crass and inappropriate manner as to how you're actually trying to get this whole thing done. So the argument that I was doing this for other players, he will, in effect, have assisted put money in more pros' pockets. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't why Phil did any of this. Oh, no, no, that's, but that's the way Alan Shipnuck's saying that Phil is trying to spin it. Yeah. Well, of course he's going to yeah. spin it like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But remember, um, 
just as you've said there, Martin, in terms of the sponsors, um, Dustin Johnson, whenever he's playing in Saudi Arabia, isn't allowed to don the uh, Royal uh, Bank of, Can- of Canada. Yeah, RBC logo. logo. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's, it's you know, that that's that's live. I, th- I think the other thing, Phil, Phil likes to break things to make them better. Um, and I think it was actually on the, the Fire Pit uh, podcast and they referenced uh, the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup, Tom um, Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Glenn Eagles, That's where he right. just went completely broken arrow and chopped uh, Tom Watson off uh-huh. the knees in public, which was, quite frankly, very but uh, distasteful. Again, it but was. But it's worked. It's, well, that's yeah. what Alan Shiptick brought up here. Absolutely correct. He said, I mean, and I mean, the record that the Americans had up to that stage with the, with the Ryder Cup was, was terrible. Yeah. And he really had a bash at Watson on that. Uh, I think he, he was dropped for the afternoon four balls or something and he, he, yeah. he lashed out then. But, you know, from that, and uh, the American captains are weren't talking pre that and, and that's what Phil was getting on about and, and, and like, you know since that the Americans have done very well in the Raider Cup <laughs> yeah know? but but that that's one thing and again it came down to what Phil wanted yeah oh yes yeah. Phil you know there's this thing where uh, you know he isn't actually a great leader of men mm-hmm. now look uh, corporate takeovers I've been very fortunate in my career to be involved in several uh-huh and uh, somewhere people are trying to take us over and a couple of times yes. when I've taken over businesses and that is fine. But do you know the one thing you don't do until the, the paper is signed, until everything is done and uh-huh. it's all sorted? Uh-huh. Yeah, don't go in to your mate and go, yeah, I'm really only doing it to leverage because it's your business I want to buy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm telling uh-huh. you that uh-huh. I'm leveraging uh-huh. them to take you out and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. Yes. You know, that is that is business 101. That yeah. is your day one the one Keep thing, your mouth shut. The one little uh, f- f- phrase that uh, I took out of that Alan Shitnick uh, uh, podcast was he described Phil as a maverick, a rogue, a renegade. I didn't know he actually mm-hmm. joined us, Martin. Actually, it might be the was only it? tour he's allowed on. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure that he's yeah. going to get too so far it's, it's with nice, our nine nice pounds a week. On with his, uh, yeah, with our nine pounds a week. Yeah. Top price. Okay. It was uh, Eamon Lynch actually said as well that he was standing on the range uh, recently and uh, a pro approached him and they were having a chat and they obviously were talking about Phil Mickelson and uh, Eamon sort of couched the question as to sort of say, like, you know, what's your view on it? And he's like, I mean, that's that's no surprise. Phil's always been like this, yeah, yeah, yeah sort of yeah, thing. So yeah, the, yeah. you know, it, it seems to be, and it, like I think the the one the one point is is that it's all about Phil, um, yes. and I think they were referencing um, the 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 journalist Rossa Forte who, who who died this year, and whenever they went on to the Zoom call, Phil had obviously just won uh, the PGA. Uh-huh, PGA. And he was holding the trophy. And he was, yeah. it was totally inappropriate. And then they went on to whenever Tiger Woods, and you know, it must have taken every ounce yes. out of Tiger to pick his phone up and go, "I'm going to send Phil Mickelson a message." Albeit, you know, Amy, his wife, was obviously ill at that at that point in time with cancer, yeah, getting cancer, cancer treatment, yep. and say, "Sorry to sorry to hear about it." You know, hope they they find a, a cure for cancer and. <laughs> sends one straight back on yeah thanks for that uh, hopefully they'll find a cure for your hook you're like so like, no I appreciate you know, levity right. and stuff at certain points right. is, is appropriate but to, to go back to, to Tiger Woods and they, they're yeah. not the best of friends and it must have taken an awful lot for Tiger to reach out to do yeah, that absolutely. it's just it's out of context ah, it doesn't it doesn't work so I think that's it it doesn't work it doesn't no, yeah. no there's, but, there's but some let, things yeah. let, let's just ask another question 
which is now that Phil has absolutely put his foot in it mm-hmm. and the other players who were, remember there were supposedly three others who'd helped pay for the lawyers that structured the SGL mm-hmm. concept, you know, written the manual. Who are? It's it's like looking for the, the, the spies and the, yes, the, you know, yes, who, yes. who, who is there? We have our suspicions, yeah. uh-huh. but we don't actually know. Now you've got Bryson, has mm-hmm. come out and said, I'm going to stay on the PGA Tour yep. because, and by the way, this is the new phrase that we've all got to get used to. And the new phrase is, I want to play where the best players are playing. Uh-huh. Now that is going to replace growing, growing the game, the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, yeah. as the yeah. new mantra. Mm-hmm. I want to play where the best players are playing, which is what they're now all saying. But Dustin Johnson and Bryson coming out and saying what they've said, yeah. along with a few other players, you know, have they thrown dirt in on top of Phil's coffin in the grave? Oh, I, I, th- I think what is what has happened is that they've got a heads up, or they've found through the the sort of the the grapevine that Alan Shipnook was was going to to announce what was in the book, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's any from my point of view. There's no smoke without fire, and DJ coming out, Sander Shoffley and Bryson all quite tight together and yeah, just before yeah. stroke overlapping whenever Alan Shipnug had, had disclosed what, what Phil had said on the record mm-hmm. and they all sort of you know, we're staying where we are and we're committed to the PGA Tour and yep. boom, boom. It, there's no coincidence there whatsoever. Yeah, yeah that's very yeah. true. The, yeah. the interesting p- piece now is that they have the 20 players and Greg I, is going to mention this on the the players uh, uh, the week of the players. Yeah, well, you see, this is the interesting bit because yeah. there are twenty players that supposedly have signed the NDAs. Yeah, but well, there's well, also a story. There's also a story that you've got up until a certain date to walk away and hand back the money, any advance you've been given. Right. Okay. So up until a certain yeah. date. But here's the other thing: is there is no tournament schedule. No. There is no actual concept out there to be looked at or for the fans to get interested yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. There's clear indication, and we mentioned it in the previous pod, that uh, Donald Trump, a couple of his courses yes, are yes. front runners to etc. Doral and Bedminster, but, yeah, yeah. But you need the structure in place. There's supposed to be a tournament in June. Yeah. <clears throat> there is there is no structure. And Greg now, you know, if he announces his names, there'll be a few boys panicking. Yeah. Um, now, look, we know for a fact, because they've actually come out and said it directly, some of the European players have been yep. a little more direct. Yeah. Lee Westwood said, yes, would, yep. if they want to pay me $50 million at my age to play golf, I'll go play. Yep. And do you know, I, I, I respect that. I don't have a problem with no, that. because I he, that. He's saying, actually, here's a real chance. I've got to commit five years, seven years, whatever, $50 million guaranteed, plus I can win some money. Yeah, of course totally. I'm going to do it. And he's just saying... I'm actually not going to look at where the money's coming from. And that's his choice. Yeah. And, you know, my moral choice is not necessarily his. You made your call last time on the podcast, Mike, where you were offered $50 million and (laughs) you didn't want your kids growing up hating you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't think I came down on one side. No, I think I've left that open. I, I, I think he's, you lost your, your chance. Yeah. But was that a DA fell out of his back pocket, Martin, as he was leaving the room? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but actually, you know, and Poulter was was fairly clear. Mm-hmm. And you know, but there's a few people like Adam Scott who are now being very coy. Oh, yeah. uh, and and a few others. Even Wackham Neiman was asked and and he was fairly quiet because yeah. some of these boys are looking at it is the history of the game's one thing. But making your money 
is another thing. It's it's yeah. very easy once you've won several majors and you're making money off the course and everything else to actually turn these things away. Yeah. But what do you think, though, of Greg's threat? Oh. The the letter that he wrote. Oh, I'm, I'm, yes. uh, uh, this isn't. This yeah. is just the start yeah. of it. You you're a big well, bully, I, Jay Monahan. I do think we will be talking about this still six months down the line. Yeah. Because with Greg and his threats of legal action and do you know what American lawyers are like? They're going to get their teeth into this and this is going to go on. But it's going on, to run for years. Yeah. And you, you don't have a tournament. The boys aren't jumping ship to go play no, on, a, no. on a tournament that's mired or on a tour that's mired in legal troubles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, At this point, the letter to Jay, Jay Monaghan, just mm. reading it, it's... There's, there's such a chip in the shoulder. There, oh, there's so there was poison in that, isn't it? There's, there's oh. so much venom leaping from the page. And yeah. you would, at, at this point, I just want Greg Norman to sort of head off into the chasm of, of uh, obscurity. <laughs> but I mean, Greg was slapped on the back of the head about twenty five years, thirty years ago. Yeah, he's been slapped on the head again now, and I can fully understand why he, yeah. especially when he's got all the money behind him, yeah. to 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 really get his teeth into this one this time. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a, a point that one of the other, the guys at the No Laying Up podcast, uh, again, another podcast we can thoroughly recommend yep, to our listeners. Yeah, they were saying that, uh, why doesn't Greg declare? Greg's a full member of the PGA Tour. He's a lifetime member. Why doesn't he declare? By the way, I'm joining the SGL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your sanction? Yeah. Are you throwing me out? Yeah. Are you banning yeah. me? He is in the position to actually do that. He could be the test case. And, yeah. and he's not going to lose anything because no. he's not actually playing. Yeah. No. You know, right. So the reality is he's sitting there pers- trying to persuade others to jump ship yeah. purely for money. And uh, But I still don't see the structure. I don't see something that would interest no. a lot of the players other than the big bags of cash. But it, 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 it's, it, To me, it's still at this point, it's a concept with no substantive manner or matter at all, and it was interesting. Whenever he was he was referring to to some of the the, ter- the legal terminology in in the letter, it was it was sort of got me. I need to look that up or, or figure mm-hmm. that out. And he was referring to like antitrust. And I actually I dug out the the um, opinion piece that um, Joel uh, Beale did for Golf Digest, where he spoke to a couple of <coughs> you know highfalutin uh, uh, litigation lawyers and, mm. and but particular in, in, in respect of, of sports yep. um, and look a, a lot of the, the sort of the commentary is on the one hand this and on the other hand that um, but to a large extent they're 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 pretty much coming down on the side of the PGA Tour is to say that they don't actually think that banning the players goes against um, their rules of, of operation um, and the, the PGA Tour's handbook um, so they they're coming down the side to think that the the PGA Tour would have a, a decent enough um, yeah. effort because That's there's a interesting. yeah there's um, case law in the form of uh, the Sherman Act which was in in um, I think it was baseball um, whereby you had to prove that um, oh, there was a legal test um, to show the tour has a monopoly of power in the market and the PGA Tour trying to maintain that power through means other than having a superior product or business um, strategy mm. sort of thing. So, or business savvy, sorry. So it's it's quite a hard test for, for them to <clears throat> That's to why prove. I think we'll still be talking about this yeah, in six months' I time. <laughs> I actually think we will and we won't because I think a number of the key players will go, 
actually, this is going to ruin my career because it's going to become wildly uncertain. Well, you think about it now, right? So we know the players who aren't playing, the DJs, the Rorys, the mm. Colin Morikawa, the Sa- Sandra Shoffley, John yep. Ram, all the... All Justin the- Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Yep. Yeah. So you're sitting and you're going, well, who else? Max Homa, who's a very, is a favourite of this podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Max. But Max said on the No Laying Up podcast, he said, it is very simple. He said, I waited years. I got the PGA handbook. Mm-hmm. I read the PGA handbook. Do you know what? I didn't care what it said. I was signing up. I'd got onto yes. the PGA yeah. too. Yeah. And for me, that had always been my goal. Yeah. Nobody's goal has ever been to get in the SGL because it doesn't no, exist. It doesn't exist. No. You know, there, there's no, and there will be. I, again, one of the things that cracked me up was Greg saying, you know, players have the right to play whenever and wherever they want. Yeah. They don't. Other than the fact that if you sign with you, Greg, you're asking them to play. They have to play every they have event. To play every yeah. event, yes. So sorry, yes. You, you're not actually. There's no choice. No. What uh-huh. you're giving them is choice is somewhere else to play, yeah. but you're not giving them a whenever or wherever. No. With the PGA Tour handbook is very specific about this. So you have to play a minimum of 15 PGA events, and at the uh, once you've played your 15. PGA events, then you have an ability to apply for up to three events Correct. outside of the PGA Tour. But importantly, the PGA Tour is under no obligation to to um, give you consent. No. So you can apply, but you, you, you may not get the consent. And that's for up to three events. It's yeah. not up to yeah. another 10 or, or whatever. But look, I, I, I think... I can feel the legalities coming in already, and this is just a podcast. Well, <laughs> of, of, and this is, but that, that's why we've got good lawyers, Des. We'll, we'll <laughs> okay, defend our please. position. Oh, don't don't please, worry. Please. <laughs> so at the end of the day, is the SGL actually going to make a significant difference? Rory stated very clearly, it's dead in the water. Justin yeah. Thomas basically said, it's dead in the water. Yeah. I think I they're a know. little premature they are. because, they are. again, um, even though Greg is a shark, the yeah. thing I know about snakes yeah. uh-huh. is that if you've got your boot on the head of a snake on uh-huh. the ground, you cut its head off and then yeah. you, until you make sure it's dead before you yeah, start it's, saying it's, it's dead. Um, yeah. But I still think that's going to run and run. No. I did like, just to finish this, uh, there was a gag on Twitter I, I found today that <laughs> that um, they were anticipating Phil's next TV advert. Okay. Uh-huh. And the TV advert went was, Hi, I'm Phil Mickelson, and let me tell you why I play Spalding Molotovs. <laughs> 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 and that yes. actually made me laugh. Oh, that sounds Rather good. a lot because, yeah. uh, you know. It's well, well, when are we going to see Phil again? You know, is it is it going well, to be the Masters? And, I yeah. mean, is there going to be anything on his shirt? <laughs> Any labels? <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing is that Arnold Palmer is solely by invitation. Well, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational, but yep. I think you get an invitation if you're in the top yeah. X number on, on the tour. Um, and you see that Bryson came out today and said he's actually not going to defend because his wrist injury isn't yeah. fully yes. recovered yet, uh-huh. and he's terrified of tweaking it and having to then take more time out, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So either that injury is worse than he thought or he's still laying just a little low because he may well have been... Yeah. For who knows, he might have been one of the four. Yeah. We're all going to be looking be for the other three. a lot of factors three. in there, yeah. 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 You know, I'm not finished looking for the other three yet, but it's quite no. hard from over here just to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that um, when will we see Phil play? I don't know that the Masters Committee want the scrutiny. 
I don't yeah. think they want the um, the hassle. Yeah. And if Phil is taking time out to work on becoming a better person, yeah. I think um, it will also depend on what happens in the next few weeks yeah. uh, with the legalities of this SGL and Greg Norman and, and how far he sinks his teeth in. Well, you see, uh, I I so think he could well drag a few few players down now. Yeah. You know, they, this they might see a few players might feel the wrath. Off the back of this, and yeah. I mean, if I am the Saudis, which I'd like to stress, listeners, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was the Saudis right now, I'd be rightly annoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there, there. Yes, you uh, know, I, I'd be. It hasn't gone their way. No, I, I would they, not be happy. And no. Greg would be pointing out that it wasn't him that screwed up. Yeah, Greg will not be happy either. No, oh, so no, not in the slightest. Greg is not happy. No. Not in the slightest. Okay, we could spend so much time just going around that subject but we do have our own golf season approaching rapidly and we have two new things for uh, this year's podcast one is our search for the most interesting and exciting nine hole courses in ireland and then we'd naturally have to go and try and play them if they're ones we haven't actually played mm-hmm. now Apparently, I've I've done a little bit of research, which is yeah, always uh, something yeah. you enjoy, Des. Uh, there are at least 85 nine-hole courses in the Emerald Isle. Mm-hmm. So there are 85 nine-hole courses. And increasing. I know there's yeah. some yeah. being worked upon. And so really, we're also putting a little bit of an appeal out in tonight's podcast, which is say, listeners, if you have a course that you think we should be considering and going to play that we maybe haven't played up until now, and most of the nine-hole courses in the south of Ireland we haven't gone to because we've tended to go to the 18-hole courses. Uh But what we'd like to do is hear from any listener who's got any suggestions. But as part of the research, I discovered a couple of things, which is there is a top 50 list of the world's best Uh nine-hole courses. And I spent a little bit of time looking at that list. Uh And there are four courses in Ireland that are in the world's top 50. That's that's quite an accolade. And you're going to be a little bit astounded here in a second. Uh Top of the list um, in the world rankings that is in Ireland, and I think it comes in at about number eight or ten, is Cruet Island in Donegal. Yeah, Critch Island, sometimes we call it. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spelt Cruet. No, you but, call it Cruet. But, but, but there's maybe some Irish yeah. pronunciation, yeah. and that's why that's yes. why I have you on the pod. That, that, I don't know if you've ever been there, and no. I, I have been there, and I've walked about half the course uh, on the perimeter with my good lady. I haven't played it, but it is stunning. Yeah. And and actually, Faldo was very interested at one time on trying to acquire it. Uh, oh, really? Apparently. That was the rumours. That was the rumours. Um, he also had a go at Ballyliff. He did. He did, he did yeah. That's right. The he land was, uh, over to the yeah. other side of it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Critch Island is a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Uh, and It's a long way north. Well, it's actually... Uh, just south of Donegal, basically. It's at South Donegal. And uh, so you get there in three hours. Okay. Yeah, from Belfast. So, so that's on. Yeah. It's Then there's, um, although I may well pronounce this incorrectly again, listeners, <laughs> I'd like to apologise in advance <laughs> to our uh, uh, Irish audience, but uh, Mulrani Golf Mulrani, Club yes. in County Mayo yeah. mm-hmm. is in the top 50. Castle Gregory Golf Links in County Kerry. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And then, unbelievably, there's uh-huh. Bushfoot Golf Club. No. <laughs> is it? On the, in County Antrim is in the world's top 50, as put out by golf.com. Get away. That's superb. I that love is. Bushfoot. Bushfoot is awesome. It's brilliant. I've been course. a member of Bushfoot since yeah. I was 10, so yeah. I've maybe taken it a little bit for granted. And I've always said Bushfoot has four brilliant golf holes and five, yeah. four good golf holes and one very average one. Yeah. Um, but the, it is, it's a lovely walk. It's it fantastic. Really so, and it's got a wee Lego train that runs through it as well. Absolutely. A wee Lego train <laughs> that takes you to the Giants Causeway, a That's world, right. a, a, a UNESCO site. World Heritage yes, Site. Yes. But let's just call it the wee train. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the other three that actually came up when I was continuing to research, um, and there's an argument that Blessington Lakes in yeah. County Wicklow yeah. is the best nine-hole course in Ireland, okay. but yet it's not listed in the in the world top 50 list. And then the small course at Castle Rock, yep, the little nine-hole nine juniors course, yeah. uh, yes, that's uh, is hidden away. And I mean, there's some very interesting little golf holes on that, because we've played that. Yes, we have. And Kilkeel Golf Club in County Down as a slightly different, as a sort of Parkland course, just not far from the sea, but a Parkland course cut between the trees. Now, those are the, that's at the moment the top seven that, Uh you know, based on what I can see from doing a bit of internet research. um, Now, I have only played two of those nine-hole courses. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we, you know, there is a road trip coming up, Des. Oh, I think, I think, yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you think of the ones, the obvious ones being from Belfast. We think of uh, Cliftonville. <laughs> <laughs> we think of Ormel Park. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, of course. Green Island. Well, Green Island. Yeah. But the one we off play uh, in our tour is Eaton Derry at Malone. Which yeah. is a lovely wee track now, yeah. and it's it's had a lot of nice wee improvements. Uh, well, we, I will argue that with you till the day we die. I think they have destroyed oh, the okay, nine holes okay. at Malone uh, with what they've done. They've ruined the first, and they ruined the eighth hole. Yeah. Uh, and okay. I think that actually well, of some, the juvenile, range some juvenile is going off the first tee is going to kill someone on the yeah. eighth green. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. By the way, I wouldn't like yeah. to pick Justin Juveniles. Yeah. Any of us could do it. But, but have you, now, Mike, have you played Clumber? Uh, I've I've played Cliftonville, uh, and just out of those, I've played Bushfoot, um, yes. and yes, Ormo. I played many years ago. Uh, Cliftonville, I played many years ago, uh-huh, and likewise. I haven't been back. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, I know Cliftonville is a bit of a slog up the yeah. hill and everything, and the Ormo. But if, or- but if the members of Cliftonville are regular listeners yes, to this yes. podcast. <laughs> We're happy to, to hear a different uh, argument. But I was always Absolutely. just going to say that uh, uh, I thought uh, Ormo, I was... Yeah, no, I like Ormo. Yes, Ormo's nice. That'll be part three, the will be yeah. short part three, which always reminds me of the old 17th at our glass. Very similar, very similar distance. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, no, the, 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 there's some nice sweet courses that are just on our on I'd our, like our to get us to uh, a working list of 12, and then I'd like us to say what our view is yeah. of uh-huh. by having played them all. Now, the only one I don't need to go and play again is Bushfoot because I play it every year yes. several times. I know it well. But the others, I think we are going to have to go and play. And I think what we should do is a lot of the time is go and play it just as nine holes. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just yeah. play it as it's intended because generally uh-huh. you'll go around twice. Now, if we go up there, but I think it's the first impression. It's how do you rate it when you yes. go out there, the vistas, 
you know, may, maybe the weather is going to be a key ingredient to yeah, this as it course. is on many a golf course. But I do think that's an interesting list. Yeah, that, And yeah. I think we want over the next few weeks to try and build the list and then set the target across the summer to have a few road trips to go yes. and do it. And then in the autumn, we will come back with our our definitive list. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, everybody's entitled to argue with us. Um, Absolutely. But, but that's why we do this podcast, yeah. because we're interested in golf. <laughs> One that always brings to mind again, Martin, and I know we've played it, we used to play at Helen's Bay. That was always a nice little trek. It is, but the difference between a nice little trek and becoming one of the best nine-hole experiences, there's a big difference. Yes. I mean, yes. you, you know, there are a number of nice little treks. Uh-huh. What we're looking for is something that's a little bit special. No, there are a lot of spe- I think I'll, most of the best ones are probably uh, south of the border. And I'm thinking like places like uh, the Connemara Isles and Ashford Castle. Have you ever been to Ashford Castle? Yes. Oh, Stunning, and there's a lovely wee nine-hole course there. You mentioned Castle Gregory near Tralee, and uh, there's a lovely one, Red Castle. Red Castle in Donegal. Yeah. Lovely Never hotel. played it. Oh, it's a nice wee course. Nice hotel, but has it got a nine-hole golf course yes, as well? a nine-hole golf course, yeah. Well, you see, there's a, there's a road trip right there. Absolutely, and I mean, the Red Castle has just been recently refurbished in the last couple of years, and it's a very good order, and it's, 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 it's a nice wee track. Yeah. And not too far away. I may even let you organise it. Okay. <laughs> Because um, normally I have to do a lot of the organisation. It'd be quite nice to see you actually yeah. do it on, on this occasion. No doubt I'll be driving. But So, uh, yes, that's, yeah. like, that's the one-and-a-half-hour trip. You yeah. Know. The other one, I would say, the one-and-a-half-hour trip, where inside the one-and-a-half-hour trip is uh, Ballymascanlan down at Carlingford. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's an 18-hole course. They have a... Oh, they might have... Yes, have they now? They extended it? that out to 18 ah, a number of okay. years ago. Okay. I'll take that back then. Well, you would, because it's 18. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm trying to find nine. And when I always went to Carlingford sort of 20, 30 years ago, uh, it was nine. But that was the other thing. Carlingford is a, an 18-hole golf course that I've only ever played once in my life. And, well, it's but Greenor. we played 27 holes. Greenore. Oh, yes, yes. sorry. It's just, called just Greenore. Outside yes, just outside right. Carlingford. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually twinned with our glass. We get, we get free golf there. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, then again, he's, he's, yeah, he's always got an I'll bring angle. you there. I'll bring he's you always there. Got an angle. Right. The other thing we're doing this summer, and in fact, this one's probably going to run a little longer than this summer, um, which is our another little feature, uh, which is called Mike's Mission. Yeah. Now, Mike being our new uh, resident young person, uh, he has set himself a little bit of a challenge. And over the next 24 months... His target is to become a scratch golfer. Oh. Now, what's the current handicap, Mike? Four. (coughs) Playing handicap of four. What's the exact? 4.0? 4.1. Okay. Okay, so you have a bit to go to get to four. Yeah. (laughs) 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 What's what's the thinking behind this thing? What's... I can't. I can't take full credit for having this independent thought. I go to uh, Dave Leatham, um, who's a professional up at uh, Lag and View. He's a, a top chap, and who will be giving us a bit of a, a debrief over the course of of this uh, endeavour. Uh, to be perfectly fair, he was the one who has set me the challenge, and I, part of I I like it in the sense of. I have to approach this not like I would whenever I was 20, where I could just go and hit loads of balls yep. and different things. I have time commitments in the form of two children and a wife. I travel, I'm very busy. So the way in which I'm approaching this is to look at it from and designing a, a training stroke practice approach to it that is the most effective 
Um, yes. So I started to read this book, and it's about sort of you know creating uh, what's called spacing, variability, and challenge. So the whole idea here is is that you don't go and hit a hundred balls um, at the range, and you try and sort of get all this muscle memory and different things. It's called game like theory. So rather than over the space of say twenty minutes, you hit twenty balls. And the whole process behind this is is that that's what's referred to as spacing. So you hit one ball, um, you go through your pre-shot routine, um, you, you sort of you 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 uh, step into the shot, you line it up, etc., and you just go through that process. And what that's trying to sort of get you into is that to try and really bed in your approach and your routine. Then the variability is is that after every two shots, you change your target because, like a golf, like on the golf course, you're you're not going to hit the yeah. same target. It yeah. changes yeah. and different things. And then the challenge aspect of it, sort of to get the, the adrenaline running and to put yourself under pressure, is that you award yourself points um, relative to where the balls ended up or proximity to, to the pin or whatever way you're doing it. It's, a, it's an interesting approach. It's the one in which I'm going to have to do it because it is the most uh, effective and time efficient one as well. Um, and I started, I started at the turn of the year. Um, so I've got full two years uh, from from Jan 2022 um, to try and do this. I noticed actually whenever I started to do that, you become more effective in, in terms of you know your approach to it, yeah. and every shot has a meaning to it rather than just going up and machine gunning golf balls. And is your pro involved in this as well? Yeah. So yeah. Um, so Dave, uh, I was explaining to him, you go, I, I can't. There's no way if I'm going to get down to to, to scratch. Um, by hitting loads of balls, yeah. and he was the one who said, "You don't have to. Yeah, you know, you've got the skill in terms of making contact with the ball and yeah. striking it well. All we need to do is refine certain aspects um, of your of your game, which is getting the driver in play and stuff." I'm actually a little bit <clears throat> fascinated because I am a bit of a golf nerd yeah. uh, mm-hmm. with what Mike's decided to do, yeah. and so I decided I would set myself a little bit of a challenge as well. Okay. And I thought is whenever Mike gets his training regime and he gets this thing together, I'm going to have a look at it and see if I can actually take my club handicap is 8.9. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going, okay, if I actually played fairly consistently and put a bit of effort in over those two years and did what you're thinking and all the rest of it, can I get it down to sort of seven? Okay. No, yeah. take two. two yeah, two, two, two shots. genuine okay. two yeah. shots. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm. A, that's I'm a, a big at that level. That's that's a big call. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm a little older than Mike, uh, as as you yeah. are. I mean, yes. last year you set the target of getting five shots back uh-huh. after a that's couple right. of poor seasons, uh-huh. yeah. and you got four. Got four of them back. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, this is about actually just trying to focus and improve, and so we're actually going to follow I've got very interested in this Mike Mike, yeah. Mike Mike's yes. mission and we're going to try and get his pro onto uh-huh. the podcast to just sort of talk through some of the concepts uh, and all the rest of it because there are a lot of golfers who we play golf for fun we we invest a certain amount of time and you reach a certain standard and then you stall yeah mm-hmm. and the reality is I've been stalled at my level of golf for probably the last 15 years I play okay I can enjoy my game, but I'm not actually pushing forward in any shape or form. Yeah. And yeah. physically, I, you're absolutely right. I can't go hit 100 balls three times a week and not no. physically damage myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, on average across the summer, if I average 27 holes a week, that's a good summer. On average, yep. I, yep. you know, I probably average just over 18. Yeah. Um. You know, so the, the reality is 
not enough practice time and all the rest of it. So this is what we're going to do is we're going to follow Mike's uh-huh. uh, progress. That sounds good. We're going to try and piggyback a certain amount of what he is being yeah. told because that means we're not paying for yeah, it. Yeah, correct. We've got it free. And, yeah, you know, I like a sound And, and uh, yeah. all the rest yeah. of it. We're going to talk to his pro and we're going to see where it goes. We're not going to deal with it every week no, uh, no. or every podcast episode. But no, we, it's not we, that important. No, no, no. no, no. no. But, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there is a world of a difference between being a four handicapper oh, and absolutely. getting to scratch. Oh, absolutely. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's a, that, that's, that's a big call. It's yeah. a big, big call. <laughs> and and it's about you have to improve so many elements of your game. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that will be an, an interesting watch. Yeah, yeah. And, and just sort of around that, just to show you the sort of challenges that, that come uh, with it. A few years ago, Des, you had a frozen shoulder. I did, yes. And uh, last Friday, I actually attended the physio because uh-huh. I've been having some shoulder issues. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, the physio did a bit of a, an examination, did a few tests, and she said, yes, this happens to a lot of older people. <laughs> oh. And talk about, lovely words. talk about, you're just going, hang on a second. Yeah, what, what do you mean, old, older people? Yeah. And she said, well, what age are you, Martin? And I went, well, I'm 62. Yeah. And she goes, well, which bit are you arguing with me over? <laughs> and all the rest of it. She said, we can get your back loosened up. We can yes, make thing, yes. things go. But you've got to understand, you know, uh-huh. you're now dealing with a, a classic Nature takes rather than course. a brand new vehicle. Yeah. It's yes, more of a classic. Yes. You know, it needs a little bit of care and attention if it's going to run. Uh-huh. You know, so I, I thought that was um, both hurtful, but yeah. yet surprisingly accurate. You don't know how much money I paid her, Mike, to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was worth it. Ah, uh, dear. Actually, Actually, his wife chipped in as well. Can, can I tell you some of the exercises she's given me to, uh, you know, I, I'm not convinced they're actually going to loosen my back up, but by goodness, they hurt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, good. You good, know, so. good, good. Exactly, <laughs> Mike. Exactly. So there, there's certainly a, a certain amount of pain. That's just too many years in front of a computer, in uh-huh. front of a uh-huh. podcast microphone. No, well, actually, they're, they're fairly yeah. new. But... So there's plenty going on in the world of golf. Uh, our own golf season is is approaching. Um, Des is already back post the, yes. the ribs playing yes. at our glass. Mike has set himself the, the challenge of uh, turning pro within the next 18 and a half months. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> it was that when I mentioned that fifty million yes, you could yeah. have the, the last podcast, you couldn't help yourself. Oh, that's the reason. Okay, but so anyway, we are will be back again shortly with uh, more things that interest us from the world of golf. Please, please interact with us on a couple of the issues we've raised tonight, uh, particularly any suggestions you have for what you believe to be exceptional nine-hole courses in the island of Ireland. Um, um, because we do want to try and follow that across uh, this particular summer. And obviously, if you'd like to interact with the podcast, you get us via our Twitter feed, which is at itfog under slash podcast, and we will respond to any of those queries. So until the next episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, my name is Martin. Uh, my name is Des. I'm uh, Mike. And that's young Mike. If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, please hit the subscribe button from wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you'd like to leave us a good review, that would be most helpful as well. And if you'd like to interact with the podcast, please use our Twitter feed, which is at itfog underscore podcast. 
and we'll happily deal with any queries or suggestions that you might uh, like to give us for future episodes. 